This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all right, let's do this. Scotty, you ready? Kurt, I've never been more ready for anything in my whole damn life. All right. I, I hate to put you on the spot for this, mm. but I think mm. you're going to have to choose because I don't want to be the guy who's always doing the thing. But uh-huh. do you want mm-hmm. you want food news or do you want butthole news? Poof, man. <laughs> they're connected. I mean, the thing is, they're connected. <laughs> it's like the beginning and the end. I know. Uh, the, loop, the everlasting loop of our digestion. Switch it up and go food to All start right, us great, off. All right, great, 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 great. Our guest is a big foodie, I believe. We got ranch ice cream and Sunny D vodka. Oh, oh, boy. Can you imagine back to back on those? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh... <laughs> Sink our teeth into a brand new episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am Kurt Brownoler. That is true. And I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Whatever you're up to, just relax. Step into this blissful mm-hmm. experience. This Dive into the bliss pit known as Bananas. We're happy to have you. And remember, April 14th and 15th, I will be in Portland at Helium. And on April 15th at 4.30 p.m., Scotty will join me for a live Bananas there. Uh, Just FYI, the 13th, which is a Thursday, that show has been canceled. Um, So we're just doing Friday and Saturday. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm ready to laugh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? We're going to go crazy. We're going to go nuts. Uh, Anything you want to say, Scotty, before we bring our fantastic guests out? No. I just I binged our guest uh, podcast series while taking long walks, which is sort of uh, perfect yes, for kind of perfect. for what her podcast is. Our wonderful guest today is a comedian and podcast host. Season two of her nature podcast, where she is the most reluctant nature show host ever. Fogo, fear of going outside, is available everywhere. Please welcome the very wonderful Ivy Lee. Welcome. What you doing walking outside for? After listening <laughs> to my show, I told you not to go. <laughs> I know. Indoor humans. Currently, B and I are very much outdoor humans, so listening to to Fogo is so fun. It's so enjoyable because you point out all these things where you go, yeah, that is true. That does kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just just tell people, give, give people like that elevator pitch for what Fogo is exactly. Fogo is a nature show by the most reluctant host ever, uh, which is me, because uh, my parent, my parents are refugees from the Vietnam War. Uh, we mm-hmm. came to the United States because he had a bounty on his head by the communist wow. government. So oh my, my my kind of people only go in the woods and we're being shot at, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in, in season one, I did everything it takes to try to figure out how to go camping, but in season two, I do everything it takes to go hunting wow. or die trying. Yeah. Whoa. So 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 after season one, uh, I know I because I listened to the your finale of season one. Um, I know that it wasn't. I know the sleeping conditions were not ideal. <laughs> the scorpions were not ideal. The cicadas were not ideal. First off, it definitely sounds like a lot of Texas problems. But <laughs> <laughs> did you have a lot of problems in Texas? I will give you that. Did you? Uh, did you ever come around? Did you like? Is is there is there any part of you that uh, finds value in camp camping at this point after do- doing all of this? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good answer. Beautiful. Honest. Yes. I go I go outside when I'm being paid to for to put food <laughs> on the table for my children. <laughs> Well, also, in one of your earlier episodes, I think it was episode three or four, is you go to an REI and you point out something that's very true, which is also sort of ironic about like camping is being outside. It's sleeping outdoors. It's like going into nature, which should, which seemingly should be very cheap, but it is very expensive. expensive. And when you're there buying sleeping bags and tents and little stoves and uh, it's like, oh, these are all hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So you pay tons of money to be slightly more comfortable in a place that's actually free white people and i and i do blame white people for this oh yes white people can make anything expensive that's true (laughs) white people made pretending to be homeless outdoors expensive white people made not eating meat expensive Oh yes, right. Like why, y'all literally? I don't know why. I don't know what. I'm just like terrified that you y'all made oxtail. Y'all made bones. Y'all made buying like the bones <laughs> of animals like expensive. Yeah. Like yeah, bone broth is like thirty dollars at Airline so out here. It's so insanely expensive. Like what is it that y'all want? Like what do we have to give you to stop doing this? It's just gonna <laughs> be we dirt. Enjoy. We're just gonna be eating forty five dollar dirt soon. I think it was your friend Jeff, I believe was the name, who was like, see these like house slippers for, he's like, you can go get these at Goodwill or whatever for like $1. Oh, he's no, like, go it, to Chinatown. These are the two The Asian bucks. grocery store. Yeah, literally <laughs> the Asian grocery store. That's how I feel. I always go to Army Navy Surplus. There, there's one not too far from my house, and it's incredible what you can get there. And then you go to REI. And also, I go to REI. I have to avoid REI because when I go, I'm like, I do need this. I do need a fire starter in, in my car. Uh, for some reason, I need this $19 fire starter. But that is when I was listening to the finale, like – the the food the food is what I find the most offensive at REI that it's like fifteen dollars for dehydrated food that tastes like dog shit, um, and you and you were bringing like some ramen containers that had their own container that you could then use later for three dollars and that was like don't tell white like, people never... that don't tell them about ramen. <laughs> I'm doing it I'm going to get the no, ramen in plastic container. <laughs> If you raise the price of ramen, I will starve to death. <laughs> you guys right. don't remember what it was like to be on this side of your comedy career, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, it's a it's a wonderful podcast, and congratulations. <laughs> You've done something that Curdy B and I have aspired to in podcasting is you are on Delta Airlines. People can listen to your yes, your podcast we do, in honestly, the air. Aspire to we want it so bad. How'd you get it? Tell us how you got on Delta <laughs> Airlines. I did absolutely no work at all. The show, so Good. even though you can listen to it everywhere, it's uh, it's licensed by Spotify. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, they they just have a partnership with Spotify, and, and they, they I guess Spotify pitched a few, and they ended up uh, picking mine. I, I don't nice. know. I, I I can't afford to fly Delta, so to my gigs. <laughs> so I actually don't know. I, I haven't had a chance to see what else is on Delta, so I don't know if they just picked like all the ones where people have to travel, or I, I don't know no, how. No, there's there's a big do. podcast. I try new podcasts when I'm in the air because you just have so much time, and so now if I had known about your podcast. Like it would have been my go-to for flights because they just kind of—it's nice when they all roll together. You know, you have a few hours. Uh, they have stuff like Office Ladies, which is something that when I'm walking around in life, I probably wouldn't listen to Office Ladies. But in the air, I listen to a couple. I'm like, this is delightful. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> that's, wonderful. That's how I feel about tomato juice. You know, and you're in the yes. air and you're like, I would never drink this normally. But up here, that's like, so num, num, num. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel <laughs> about the time traveler's wife. Uh, I just love it. In the air? Mm, I love it. I'll cry. An emotional wreck. An emotional <laughs> wreck in the air. Well, Curdy B, hit us with this disgusting food combination. Uh, so, Ivy, you might not know this, but we here uh, on the on the podcast do have a Hidden Valley Ranch obsession. Mm-hmm. Not that we like, lo- not that we're always eating at Hidden Valley Ranch, but, but Barely Hidden ever. Valley Ranch. I don't know why I'm saying the whole corporate name like over and over and over again. Hidden Valley Ranch, they but um, they have. They have a lot of great merch. Uh, mm-hmm. I, Scotty has a Hidden Valley Ranch uh, suitcase that I bought for him. Yes, he does. Yes, uh, he does. And this I do. is the newest one. Hidden Valley, R- Hidden Valley and Van Leeuwen 
Rele- release, so it's expensive. Release ranch <laughs> ice cream at Walmart, and we tried it. This is from People. I'm um, curious. This was sent in by hundreds of Bananimals. True. I first saw it from Alexis Doster, so thank you, Alexis. Thank you, Alexis. This was written by Antonia DeBianchi on um, People. Thank you, Antonia. The, the salad queen or king. Yes. <laughs> Ranch enthusiasts have a whole new way to enjoy the creamy salad dressing. On Thursday, Hidden oh. Valley unveiled a new collaboration with Brooklyn-based ice cream parlor Van Leeuwen. Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream. It'll be sold at select Walmart stores across the country from March 20th to May 28th. So that's a good yeah. amount of time. I thought it was plenty shorter. Okay, limited edition pints promise to deliver the savory flavors of ranch, including buttermilk, flavorful herbs, and a touch of sweetness. And a touch of sweetness? This Ooh. is crazy. Okay, so how does it actually taste? People got a sneak peek. Should say sneak taste. And here it is. The smell is initially off-putting. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> who's expecting onion in their ice cream after all, but our testers, even those who don't love ranch in its traditional form, agreed that taste was better than we expected. I mean, Great this review. seems like it's terrible and they're being paid. <laughs> Uh, the first savory bite was followed by a subtle sweet note, and the creamy texture is quite nice. Yeah, it's ice cream. While you won't catch us eating an entire bowl of ranch ice cream, it made 10 times more enjoyable oh. when dipping with pretzels. What? Ranch lovers won't be disappointed. And then there's some quote from some person who works for uh, for corporate. And What do you think, Ivy? Would you dive into a bowl of ranch ice cream? I mean, it sounds like it sounds like y'all found a way to make Hidden Valley Ranch expensive, and yeah, I wouldn't true. be able that's to what, afford it. That's what Brooklyn does best. <laughs> Brooklyn gatekeeps like no other borough. It <laughs> is also. I at first thought it would be because I have like you can make things that wouldn't be good ice cream. Like I've had olive oil ice cream, and it's yes. very good because it's sweet. But the yes. fact that this is savory with just a touch of sweetness, that sounds disgusting. It doesn't sound good to me. No. I'll try it. I'll try oh, I'll te- it. For oh, sure. we we need to try it. We'll I'll go to Walmart. You go. I, have, yeah. Can I ask you something? Have um have y'all ever tried marijuana? I have. Okay. What? The devil's grass? So I uh, started trying it like two, two, like I started doing drugs like two minutes ago. Okay, in the okay, pandemic, really, and and when I, and you reason, started podcasting, because that's very, it's a, it's a nice, it's, <laughs> it's correlation, it's correlation for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but and now, yeah, so book me, book me, comedy bookers. I have weed jokes now because I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I, and part of the reason why I never did it before is because uh, all the potheads I knew growing up. Uh, they 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 smelled funny. They didn't. Yes. They ate like they didn't eat well. They dress well, and and I just have like a very flamboyant, like just a, a, a raging bisexual, sartorial style. And I and I love to cook. I love to eat, and all these things. Well, I don't know for people who've never tried weed, mm-hmm. you do it. It it if nobody had told me this. It makes really good food taste better, and it makes you and different flavor combinations. You crave different flavor combinations yes. when you're, you know, like, mm-hmm. elevated, okay? And it makes, like, good music sound better. So nobody that I knew was telling me this. If I know this, I probably would have given it a show, like, way this before. This is 101. <laughs> no, this is not 101. This is not, this is not the brand of weed, like, back in the day, okay? I see. So, when I say I would try it, I 100% am thinking about the next time I come across some of this stuff, right, putting a scoop of Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream and sprinkling it with like salty potato chips as like a oh, crunchy topping. That would be nice. I like yes. that. Yes. Yes. I also like the idea that marijuana for you makes good food taste better because uh, when I'm stoned, uh, a, 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 a gourmet meal would be one piece of bread with just one piece of Munster on top, <laughs> microwaved for 30 seconds, and I'd be like, I've never had anything better. <laughs> it's I true. Go, I go straight true. to the kitchen. 
if I wish yeah. now I wish now I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm a comic. I bet I could get some weed like today. And I, but darn yes, it, I don't have any Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream in the freezer. <laughs> so like, what's even the point? You know, it's too March 20th. You can get it really soon in 10 days. I'm not like a stoner at all. I, I barely ever smoke weed or anything. We did have a sponsor. We still might on bananas called Radix. And they're from yeah. Texas. And they sent us gummies. And those gummies were incredible. They were the, so the good. The Delta 9 ones? Yes. Yeah. And I ate one and then went to Korean barbecue with some friends. And I Brilliant. ate like I had two assholes. Like, I mean, I was <laughs> eating food like nothing could ever go wrong in my life. Where my friends stopped eating. And I was like, you know what? A little more galby would it kill this guy down here. <laughs> that's why I never had to do drugs because, like, that's how I eat normally. That's great. I love eating like that. I'm yeah, I'm too. just Asian. <laughs> that's so great. Well, welcome aboard. It's very fun. I'm glad you're enjoying music more. And while you're while you're stoned next, you might also enjoy Sunny D vodka seltzer. Tell me about it, Curdy B. This was sent in by Rose Elder. Um, thank you, Rose. This was thank on you, food and wine. Heard of that? Written by Stacy Liaska or oh, Liska. she's good. She's, she's really good. Best in the biz. Best in the business. Uh, if you ever needed proof that '90s nostalgia is still here in full force, there's this today. Sunny D announced it is launching the Sunny D Vodka Seltzer. It's a smart, strategic move, is it? As kids who were raised on Sunny D commercials in the 80s and 90s can now legally drink the beverage with booze. But the thing is, is that uh, no one was getting Sunny D and making vodka Sunny Ds. Do you know what I mean? If people were already doing that, like on in high school, you did that? Screwdrivers were huge in high school. So Sunny D, I'm sure, was the orange citrus thing of choice. So, yeah, I think that I think that's fairly reasonable. All right. Um, according to a statement provided to Food and Wine, Sunny D Vodka Seltzer will be available nationwide on Saturday, March 11th, tomorrow, at select Walmart stores. <laughs> Walmart just <laughs> trying to murder everybody. <laughs> Makes it's sense. incredible what? news. It is incredible news. Also, I love that Walmart is just like, look, we don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> we'll carry whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> You make a dumb thing, it's only available here at our store. Yeah, uh, that's right. Um, 12 ounce cans are 4.5 ABV, 95 calories. Um, and then here's a quote Sunny D is a powerful brand. <laughs> and I'm going to stop there, Chief Marketing Officer at Harvest. Yeah, Hill. I guess it is. I, I suppose it is. Ivy, uh, you were a beer. Do you review beers for a while? Do you still do that? Uh, I, I am no longer a uh, a reporter, but I did used to be the beer reporter at the Austin Chronicle, which is uh, our local Ooh. alternative newsweekly here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So well, I, I am a professional Chronicle. drinker. I love them too. <laughs> They're great. Everybody there is like so good. Definitely not doing it for the money. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do drink professionally. And I'm really thrilled with this nice. news because there are so many things that I grew up eating and drinking that I that were and it formed my taste like poverty forms my taste buds and and I and I and I indulge those in those things but I absolutely do not want my children to eat the fast food and, and the yeah. sunny tea and the kinds of things that that I drank going that I ate and drank going up and like purple yes. soda and all that kind of stuff right and now I can bring home sunny D and it's got vodka in it and the kids will not be allowed to drink it and I can just yes. have sunny D for myself in the house Thanks to this partnership. It is perfect. And also the level, I I agree with what you're saying too, because the level of guilt that I feel when I get my kids McDonald's, which happens, like maybe we get McDonald's once a month or something like that. And then I think back to my childhood. I think I had it three times a week. I had fast food at least two or three times a week. Working mom. I went to work and mom, we would just go to like Burger King on the way like home from at work or school. And I it I'm fine. I don't I don't always eat it. I don't eat it anymore. I I just gotta we're over I feel like parenting right now is uh is the weirdest it's ever been. Where no you're doubt expected about to be you're expected to be like some sort of super empath who never <laughs> who like Never said, never makes a kid apologize, and you can't even hit your kids anymore. I don't know if anybody. You guys found out about. <laughs> yes, no, don't do you that. Have to, like, you have to sit with them and ask them how they're feeling when they're four. 
You know, it's like they don't know. <laughs> That's the answer. They don't know. That's it's, right. It's very difficult right now. It's all, it's so hard to raise kids without hitting them. It is a struggle <laughs> every damn day. I understand why we did it for thousands of years. <laughs> it is so much easier to raise kids if you can hit them. It's so, I mean, for, I mean, forget kids. Like, even it's so much easier to have like coworkers. You know, when you can, like, if 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 you, if, if the rule was, you we're gonna go back to the office, but you're allowed to hit each other. Mm-hmm. Open-handed, only open-handed. <laughs> I feel like we could start to get some buy-in. Do you know what I mean? I think there should be a budget in offices for breakaway chairs and sugar glass bottles like they yes. have in movies and stuff. <laughs> like every year part of the budget should be like $10,000 worth of breakaway chairs, fake glass. And just so somebody says something you don't like, you pick up a chair, you break it over them. It does not (laughs) hurt at all. It's balsa wood. They know how passionately you feel about this. And then you go sit back down. I think it would help everybody. It would get it out. Nobody gets hurt. It's hilarious. It's a very TikTokable moment. (laughs) <laughs> that's going to be the net you know there was like a generation in the tech boom of like you're going to have ping pong tables and a barista mm-hmm. at your workplace that's going to be the next generations you're going to have like stunt doubles you're going to have a uh, wrestling you know, a wrestling ring you're going to have you know <laughs> sugar glass bottles like that would be that's, great yeah. yeah that's what people like want now Primal scream mm-hmm. I like a uh, Vodka with orangina. Uh, yes. I, Ooh, I call it orangina. It, you're like, I call it vagina. It's got to be imported. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of vaginas. I'll, I will drink. That is a great name. I go for vaginas all the time. I order them at bars. People give me crazy looks. But give me a nice, tall glass of vagina, and I am on board. I orangina love it. is another thing that used to be on airplanes, and it's no longer on airplanes. Do I bet you, it's expensive. Does anybody remember? I, I, yeah, it used to be like in the 80s. It was be like it was only around Orangina, Orangina, whatever it is. You get it on an airplane. What a delightful treat. I don't think they exist anymore because that would be a perfect airplane drink as well. And good for Perrier for sticking around for 40 years. Like when I was a kid, the only thing you would ever see that was sparkling was Perrier. It was the yeah. and then, you know what? LaCroix came in, Bubbly, all these other things come along. And Perrier's still right there, riding strong, <laughs> probably owned by an evil corporation. I'm not sure. Give us another one, Scotty. Here's one about going outside. Okay. This was sent in by Lord Gordon Jansfield, which is a great name. It's um, Cat credited with alerting rescuers about a man who fell down a waterfall. <laughs> oh, wow. Pretty good. That's like Lassie surprising. the cat. Yes. We, have, we never hear about cat rescues on this podcast dog rescues constantly we're pro cat now uh this was from cbs (laughs) news written by that swing in pro cat cbs 13 staff Mm -hmm. nobody wanted to be associated with this absolutely you'll understand why pleasant valley (laughs) a cat is being credited with helping raise the alarm about a man who had fallen down a waterfall on private property property in el dorado county the incident happened back on the night of February 21st in Pleasance Valley. According to the El Dorado County Fire Protection District, a man fell 30 feet down a seasonal waterfall into the Weber Creek drainage. Families soon noticed that the man was missing. Great family. I mean, a lot of people might be like, we don't know where that man is. We don't care. <laughs> He's at the bar ordering vaginas. Uh, family soon noticed the man was missing and a neighbor came to help in the search. It was at this point the man's wife and neighbor started hearing noises from their outdoor cat, officials say. The cat meowed so loudly and then led the pair right to where the man had fallen. Whoa. That's incredible. Rescuers that found the man had fallen... Uh, and was standing in a few inches of water. Again, this is cold. This is not good. Uh, he was carried about 400 yards to a waiting ambulance and then was flown to Sutter Roseville Medical Center, where his condition remains unknown. So uh, he made it, but they didn't. <laughs> this came out before, I guess, he really made a full recovery of standing in cold water. So good for him, but great for that cat. Oh, congratulations, cat, for the first time. Also, outdoor cats, uh, outdoor cats have a complicated relationship with them, um, but they okay. are they are the dogs of the cat world. No what doubt does about that mean? it. <laughs> they're adventure seekers. They're, they're yeah, companions. they're adventure seekers. I have an outdoor cat be- named Punk. I bet he comes by. He always Not does here right, right now. He just sits at my back door, <gasps> just stares at me. 
there's like a back door right here and I'll just look and Punk will just be staring at me and I'm like, hi, friend, you, you may come in. <laughs> Are you a big cat person? I know you're not a big feral hog person. No, I'm a, I'm a big meat person. Uh, but you're a meat eater. You're a meat eater. Um, so I guess I, I relate to cats, I guess, on that level. But no, but this story is, is great. I'm like, okay, ACAB, all cats are badass, I guess. <laughs> yes. I do great. love cats. I had a person describe, he's like, you don't like cats? I was like, I do like cats. I just would rather have pet dogs. And I was like, why do you have two cats? This was an old boss of mine. He goes, well, with dogs... Dogs, you kind of know what you're going to get. Like, you come home, they're excited. You leave, they're sad. Cats, sometimes a cat will walk in the room and do the weirdest thing you've ever seen him do and keep walking. He's like, I like that. They're spontaneous and weird, and you can't predict what they're going to do. And I was like, that is a great explanation for owning a cat. It isn't like you know exactly the commands. They kind of just are in their own atmosphere, and you're like along for the ride. Yep. I do think, I remember when I had... When I watched a cat for whatever four months, a friend left a cat with me and then moved to a different city and then never came back. And so Great I friend. Had her cat for so long, <laughs> and uh, and every morning I would get up and make coffee, and I would have to get like the filtered water out of the fridge. I would open the fridge; it would jump inside the fridge, and then it wouldn't come out. Nice. And so then I would just do this thing. I'd be like, "Fine, you want to stay in there?" And then I would just close the door. And then like Great. count to like three and then open it. And it would just look at me going like, I don't, I know you're not going to leave me. I'm not here. buying it. <laughs> I'm not buying it. And he was just so happy to be locked in the fridge. Like the fridge, <laughs> the fridge becomes dark when you close the door. Like it should be, he should have just hopped right out. So then every morning I have to wrestle this cat out of my fridge before I can even just like begin my day. Yes. That's yeah, it's not great. Yeah, you want to wipe down that fridge every time. I'm a little mad that the CBS 13 news staff didn't tell us the name of this cat. We should be singing what? this cat's exactly. name on high. Yes. Oh well. What can you, you get do? it on a tattoo? That means that you know what I love. Is this cat. is like this is peak internet culture. Um, yes. Is that like we heard the story and all the follow up questions are about the cat. That guy, mm-hmm. fuck that guy. Don't know if he's dead or alive. <laughs> do not care. <laughs> You're right. That's and we want to know true. more about the cat. Um, all right, I'm going to tease us into a little break here. Please do. You can now stay in a hotel shaped like a butthole. Great. That's just <laughs> great. We'll be back with this hard-hitting news, this, this prostate-pounding news on more bananas. Folks, we are back. Scotty, got any shout outs? I do. I have a few. I have three. All right. right. And they're all cool. All right. Also, you can send your shout outs, DM us. If no birthdays, no anniversaries, nothing sad, guys. We're we're a feel good podcast. This first one is from Sarah Collie, I believe it is. She wants to shout out her husband, Ryan, for being a new dad and rocking it. She wants to shout out Kurt because Sarah says every time she wipes her daughter's butthole virginal butthole she thinks of you so there you go kurt that's a real second that that's that means she's seen me maybe at hot tub Mm because that butthole joke i have never recorded it because no one it's a it's a it's a crowd uh it's a crowd separator there's a lot of people who do not like that (laughs) that child butthole joke that i have well, that's okay. Uh, Sarah also wants to shout out us, both of us, Kurt, because her first date with her now husband, Ryan, who's the rockin' it dad, was at the IX Art Park in Charlottesville to go see the love butt. Oh, that's great. A lot of butt stuff right now. She says, thank you for establishing the romance threshold early in our relationship, you guys. You are welcome. Congrats on that, baby. Katie Caputo wants to shout out her husband, Andrew, who finished an illustration contract for a long-running board game called Red Dragon Inn, which is now available on Slugfest Games. I looked up what Red Dragon Inn is. I don't play Red Dragon Inn yet, but it's... uh, 
a series. It's a hilarious card game about the adventures of what to do after the adventure. So it's like all, if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, and they all go into battle and they win, I think that this game is about all the heroes, like, they have to keep living, they have to keep doing stuff, and I think that's what this is. Like, all the heroes get together at this pub or inn and hang out. And they just eat shawarma. Yeah. (laughs) They eat (laughs) shawarma. They kick back Sunny D vodkas. It's tight. Just drinks and apps. Yeah, drinks and apps. <laughs> and they play a little Kino. Uh, and last but not least, Elizabeth Gay is shouting herself out for not getting into any grad schools. She <laughs> says she gave it everything she had, but it just didn't work out. And she's proud of herself. Elizabeth, this is a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. It is. I did not get into grad school for creative writing. And now I've had two movies made and written on, I don't know, 100 episodes of TV. So those admissions people are bozos. Yep. This is I did get into grad school and I went and it was the biggest financial mistake of my life. I went to a mm. prestigious MBA school and now I'm a stand-up comedian. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations that your life path will not be diverted like mine was. <laughs> yeah, that's great advice, though. Yeah. It's not yeah. if you don't have to do it. If you're just kind of at a crossroads where you're like, I got to do something. Maybe grad school. It's a lot of debt. It's a yeah, lot it really of debt. is. I was I was so close. I was so close to going back to school um, in New York, but it was I was right after I'd started comedy, and I was like, I could leave, but this feels like something as interesting is happening in New York right now. With comedy, yeah. so I stayed. It really is true. I didn't get into two universities, and then six months later, I got my first TV writing job. Because I, I, but the truth is, is I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go to college. Maybe I'll write a novel. Maybe I'll do something like that. But I don't know. I think it worked out exactly how it was supposed to. And I think a lot of time these things that feel like rejection or just steer you in the perfect direction. So. Elizabeth Gay, don't you worry. You should shout yourself out for not getting into grad school. Exactly. And we are here, of course, uh, with the fabulous Ivy Lee. You should listen to her podcast, Fogo, Fear of Going Outside Right Now. Season 2 premiered on February 15th, so all the episodes are up right now. You can go listen to them. They're fantastic. Ivy, thank you for being here. Um, I'm glad. I'm so excited to be on here. Um, I want to shout somebody uh, somebody out who is a Please. huge fan of y'all's. Uh, the producer of Fogo Fear of Going Outside is uh, Mariah Gossett, and her husband Great. Jordan is a fan of y'all. Could y'all? I, I, he, I, he wants me to shout him out. He wants you to shout him out. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. the animal. Jordan, the ultimate animal. Jordan, thank you for listening. You are banana of the week. Easily banana of the week. Yeah. Congratulations, Jordan. You did it. You married so a well cool earned. woman who works on a cool podcast, and you listen to the Banana Boys. Jordan, you're number one in our book. We make him do so much free Photoshop for our Instagram at Fogo Podcast. <laughs> like, he really, he earned this. He, and he did it for no incentive. He did not know that this was going to happen. And this is That's, how he gets paid, with just these two mellifluous voices. That's right. Jordan, if you want to Photoshop some crazy combination of us and Ivy and Sunny D and Ranch ice cream together, we'll put it on our Instagram post oh, when yeah. we release this episode in a week or two. So He'll do it. Let's do it. Thanks, All Ivy. All right. Thank you, Ivy. You want to hear about this hotel, Ivy? Mm. The Butthole Hotel? Mm-hmm. Is it indoors? Give it to me. It is, it is, I will tell you, it is the most genuinely upsetting structure I've ever seen in my entire life. This was sent in by Jennifer Reese Hallman. Thank Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. On Instagram. This was uh, published on Newsner. (laughs) Never heard of that. Scott, what are you talking about, Scotty? I know you have your alarm set. So that That's Newsner right. comes on right when you wake up in the morning. I like Newsner so much. I have hired a full-time intern who comes over every day with hard copy printouts of the entire website and slides them under my door. And as I'm brewing coffee, I read every word of Newsner.com on and paper. the absolute best writer at Newsner, best yes. in the biz, staff writer wrote this one again it's you you can now stay in a hotel shaped like a butthole colon 
Cassanus has exceptional interiors with a bar rectum. Here it is. This I am shocked that we have never heard of this before. Uh, also, I want to shout out staff writer for this opening paragraph mm. about a butthole hotel. There we mm-hmm. go. The world is a strange place. <laughs> <laughs> Pulitzer Prize, stop right there. Where's the Pulitzer Committee? Call them now. How many, here, I'm going to take it. How many sentences until they mention the Butthole Hotel? The only reason people are listening to reading this article, how many sentences before Butthole Hotel is mentioned? I'll go three sentences. Three, Ivy? Five, and I'm going to count them. Let's go. The world is a strange place, one. One. It has something for everyone, two. Two. Let's take hotels and restaurants, for instance. Three. Three. The Dog Bark Park Inn in the USA is perfect for all the dog lovers. Four. 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 If you're a fan of Frozen Ice Hotel, an ice hotel opened in Jokosvari, Sweden is the right one for you. Five. 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 But what about those bizarre and rather random wishes, say, like wanting to live inside a butthole? (laughs) Hey. I've met a few people who that is their wish, actually. Ivy nailed it. So it was five before Butthole Hotel is mentioned. Um, well, we have the right one for, for that, too. Honestly, at first I was going to make fun of how many sentences, and then I really appreciated the build. One of the weirdest shaped hotels in the world named Cassanus, located near Antwerp in Belgium, was created Belgium. by Dutch artist Jörp mm. van Lieshut, uh, <laughs> ever since its creation in 2007. This is what blew my mind. We do a podcast whose secondary title is Birds, Buttholes, and Bees, mm-hmm. and we've never heard about this place. Shocking. Thank you, Shocking. Jennifer. Yeah. Tell me, you, tell Jennifer. me, you don't have a Danish following without telling me you don't have a Danish. Following. <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, as the name suggests, the unique hotel is shaped like a giant human colon. Reported the Sun. Realistically Great. designed, it also features vein-like structures on the outside. It's so upsetting. Mm. I don't even want to put a picture of it on the Instagram, but I will. But we will because I believe in truth. Uh, unlike <laughs> some people, the outer structure might be a turnoff for others, but the interior is exceptional. The expression, never judge a book by its cover, stands true for this one, especially when the cover is a butthole. However, one end of this piece of art is what makes it hilarious for some and squirmish for others, as it is shaped exactly like it, you guessed it, a butthole. Um, wow. It's smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah? The hotel is smaller? Mm-hmm. Is it one room, or is it many rooms? I'm looking inside. Thank you. First off, the weirdest part is one of the photographs is of a child in front of the butthole, which is the craziest choice for whoever photographer is putting these photos up. Yes. Surrounded by several built-in windows, the anus section features a double bed with the sphincter at the other end. Sitting in the middle of a field on a small island, this gigantic structure is made of PU foam, wood, and fiberglass reinforced polyester. Mm -hmm. Not only does it have a fully functioning kitchen and plumbing system, but also has added amenities exactly like heating. Perf- added amenities like heating. Oh, Perf- you gotta pay extra for heating these days. <laughs> uh, and perfect for anyone who loves a little bit of adventure, the hotel also features the bar rectum, a place to enjoy drinks in peace, shaped like a giant intestine. It is part of the Cassanus experience. I gotta go. Yeah. The bar rectum is quite similar to an idea to the Cassanus, except that it contains a bar instead of a hotel room and has a number of hatches, which can be opened to serve drinks. What? Where's a picture of that? This sounds great. This sounds great. It really does. Um, It costs around $136 a night, and uh, that comes with breakfast. And there's a museum. It's on the grounds of a museum, so you get to walk around the museum as well. It's and a then full a pic- experience. And then there's a picture of the artist who looks mad. He looks very angry. Um, no need to be angry. You designed something beautiful. What do you have to be angry about, sir or ma'am? Yeah, and here's a quote from him from Lieshit. Uh, revealed while talking to Vice that he had an overwhelming response to the concept by the guests. The response has been overwhelmingly positive. Guests love to stay inside a piece of art, especially one in such an isolated, quiet location. Yes. That's why they're doing it. That's why they're going. (laughs) They love the quiet inside the butthole. It's still a darling of the press even years after the project was completed. 
He explained that his interest in systems, political, economical, and the human body, gave him the idea of inventing this perfect system. Nice. He said, from 2005 to 2008, I made Exactly. I made a series of works which represented the human body, but also a complete series of human internal organs, ranging from the heart and brain to liver, rectum, and male and female sex organs. The Cassanus is part of that series and takes its shape from the human digestive system. We get it. Starting with the tongue, continuing to the stomach, moving through the small and large intestine, and exiting through the anus. Um, Great place to honeymoon. Fun place for a wedding and a wedding reception. This sounds like a one-stop shop to me. Yeah. Uh, And then here's the final. I feel like staff writer did a great job summoning it all up. Great job, staff writer. Here it is. Every year, around 200 to 250 people visit the unique hotel. Lee Schitt's only regret about creating a giant anus in the middle of the field is that he didn't keep it for himself. Uh A night in the butthole would surely be a memorable one. That's a great... Last line feels almost like it was written by ChatGPT. Mitch probably should have been. Well, <laughs> I would like to visit it. I've uh-huh. stated some shitholes in my life, and there this one <laughs> feels like thank you. And this one feels like the ultimate shithole. Should we call that the oh, ultimate shit? That for the interior, they went with the white paint. They did. Interesting. That yeah, is, I feel like almost to do, probably so to make it less gross when you're inside. It shows a little bit. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to commit that hard, why don't you just commit all the way to your concept? (laughs) I do like a theme hotel. Are there cool theme hotels around Austin? That seems like a city that'd be ripe with them. They're, I think, like kind of the big trendy theme is like those container, like where they could Mm -hmm. like transform shipping containers. We we don't have an anus around here. Damn. Ah, too bad. But you know, not yet. Not yet. We could get one. I mean, if I bought one and transported here, I, I, I sure would, I sure would change the interior color. That, that's all. I'll say about that. It would be a hit, I think. I think if you had like the right bike system outside, so you could like ride your bike out to the Anus Hotel in the rolling, what are the Black Hills or whatever's outside of Austin. I think people would go to that. I think it'd be an Airbnb destination, especially oh. mine, because I, I would literally paint like all the little hairs that are lining your intestine that help kind of perfectionist get the. Yeah. You had a hard time staying warm with when you went and got your sleeping bag. That's my favorite episode. I was I was giggling about you just trying on sleeping bags with a group of men who were <laughs> zipping you up and you were having panic attacks. Are you you're talking about when I almost suffocated in a in a sleeping bag on the REI sales floor twice? Yeah. Yeah. People are big fans of, of me struggling, I, I will say. <laughs> well, I just never thought about sleeping bags in that way, but it was so funny just to be like, let's try this one that's shaped like a tomb. And then you get into it. It's like, you're literally like <laughs> suffocating. It's crazy. Yeah, I did not. They, they're not very, like, I'm not even that big. I'm pretty, I'm, no. I'm, I'm just really thick for an Asian girl. And I, I, I don't think it, anybody told me that, like, I might be too thick to be outside. <laughs> there, there are yeah. elephants outside do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah oh man that's so funny oh man so it was just too constrained like you uh, they were all mummy bags you were trying on they, well that, that's that's the ins- that's 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 i think r- really is absurd about that episode is that the sales associate gave me one mummy bag and I nearly died. I couldn't get out. <laughs> and they said, and they said, I mean, maybe we should try a different mummy bag. And then it turns out that like square sleeping bags exist. Yeah, they totally yeah. exist. And there's one that REI makes that's like a really warm square sleeping bag. Yeah, no, I, it just didn't occur to them until I guess the <laughs> third time that I couldn't get out of a sleeping bag. <laughs> I do have a double wide sleeping bag. I have a two person sleeping bag. I got it for Kurt's whatever birthday the first year we moved out here and we did uh, the camping in nightmare. Joshua Tree. Nightmare. The, the nightmare trip where the wind was so violent. I, I ended up sleeping in the back of my car. I did some car camping. Kurt had an RV and everybody was in the tents. I woke up and the tents were being blown flat <laughs> to the ground. All the stuff that was on the picnic table that didn't weigh more than two pounds had just disappeared into the desert. So, like, all, and then I was like, oh, this is bad. But there I was lying in a two-person sleeping bag, staying nice and cozy. That was the worst camping trip I've ever gone on in my entire life. In my yep. entire 
life. We rented an RV and um and for some reason in the middle of the night the carbon monoxide alarm started going off inside the uh, RV and we had like eight Always people good. staying there. And um I didn't know what it was, so I just could find where the, and it was like drunk and like two in the morning so i would just go over and press a button on the machine that was making noise and then go back to sleep and then every 10 minutes it would start going off again and i did that from 2 a.m to like 7 a.m when everyone got up and then in the morning was like what was that thing and i finally looked at it it was like a carbon monoxide alarm that everyone was (laughs) we're all on the verge of death oh boy oh boy oh Oh my god (laughs) it was such a happens uh ivy you're an indoor human you you like being inside i'm an avid indoors woman yes that's a good way to be (laughs) i know so Uh, much about shelter good (laughs) things that we do you found that you you had allergies you had back pain you had all these things going on and in one of your episodes in season one episode eight or nine i believe you go see what might be the greatest doctor allergist i've ever heard it like being captured on media before he is incredible and, and he retired crazy. since no i know it's tragic it's so tragic he's retired i caught him right before he retired that guy he like took all of your he listened to you it was incredible he like diagnosed you so quickly and he found that so many things that you thought were allergies or asthma or whatever were actually related to uh acid reflux right yeah that it wasn't the outdoors at all. <laughs> it was the outdoors. That was, he was like, he actually, he was like, you, uh, he's like, you have exceptional lungs. I don't know who told him some other allergist. And I was a kid who told me my lungs were terrible. Oh. And I was like, that's fine. It's not like I like sports anyway. You know, he was like, your lungs are actually exceptional and you're from Texas. So if you've never gotten a poison ivy rash by now, very likely that you're actually immune to poison ivy. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah, you have superhuman lungs. You are immune to poison ivy. You're made you for were the outdoors. Sneezing and coughing so hard, you sprained your own chest. You st- sprained yeah. your sternum, which or whatever, which I didn't even know My was ribs. possible. Yeah. Oh. God. Yeah. And it was all little acid reflux. There you go. That's yeah. amazing. I was always shocked to learn. Uh, because I have acid reflux and my son has it as well, that it is an like the thing that we take, this the famotidine or whatever that we take every day is an antihistamine. Makes you not cough, right? It, uh, no, not it's oh, it just it's for the uh, for uh, literally the acid reflux for the inflammation. That's nuts. Yeah, it's an antihistamine. It's fascinating. Yes, bananas. Listen to that one, episode eight, season one of Fogo, because it is like it's it's the U.S. medical system in a way that you never ever hear about it. Where it's like I'm listening to you, I'm paying attention to you. Let's get this right. I also get super high at at that at that point in my life uh, when I was recording season one. I had never tried uh, drugs before, mm-hmm. and I somehow got super loopy off just the the asthma medicine that they were oh. or some kind of lung stuff that they were giving me sure. to, to test my lungs and i i don't know if i just hyperventilated or what but i got so so loopy i was like i think this is what drugs is like and then <laughs> and now i'm basically a, a pothead <laughs> now you're a major stoner that's cool the reason yeah. i brought it up is there's i have a story about about symptoms, I guess you could say. This was sent in by Claire Hart. That's Claire with three E's. Ivy Lee only has one E. Claire has E-E-E Hart. Okay. Uh, this is from that incredible News 9 staff. We, we've we've gone for people today, Kurt, <laughs> that do not want to be associated with their articles, which is There's, great. Out of four articles, we've had one person willing to say, I wrote this. <laughs> That's the sign of a great episode of Bananas. <laughs> Apartment complex in Sydney, Australia, plagued by serial balcony vomiter. <laughs> this is so Australian. This is the most Australian story of all time. <laughs> Residents of a unit complex in Sydney's inner city suburbs say that they're at their wits end with one occupant who continually vomits <laughs> off their balcony <laughs> uh, directly onto the unsuspecting uh, neighbors <laughs> below. There's so oh. many places inside your apartment to vomit. There's so oh. many. There's so many drains. There's so many drains. 
<laughs> and trash cans and, and pillowcases and just <laughs> private corners. Just a salad bowl. <laughs> Anything. If you just want to be, you know, al aire, you know, just yeah. <laughs> bring a salad bowl to the balcony. Yes. Maybe they don't have them down there. I don't know. They don't have salads in Australia. That's one thing people never talk about. Mm-hmm. People living in the complex in Redfern, three kilometers from the CBD, say a neighbor who lives on an upper floor throws up. God, this is so funny to me. <laughs> throws up over the side of the balcony so frequently that it has become a serious issue. <laughs> Clothes and furniture below have been doused on more than one occasion, which has prompted fierce calls from neighbors for the perpetrator to please stop the revolting act. <laughs> Quote, why is it so hard for whoever is vomiting over the side of their balcony and causing your vomit to land on other balconies, furniture, and drying clothes of everyone else in your building for you to simply not to do it. One note posted in the common area of the building read, according to the Daily Telegraph. Quote, if you seem to have this uncontrollable urge to vomit whenever you're on your balcony, maybe you should keep a bucket on your balcony so you can vomit to that instead. I love that idea. I love that idea because that was my, where my mind went immediately. It's a person who has a fear of heights who gets so nervous being on their balcony they throw up. I have a friend who, when he was starting in stand-up, used to get so nervous he would throw up in the potted plants and green rooms because no. he didn't want anybody to know, but he would puke in the in the fake plants that were sometimes in green rooms. Whoa. True story. Very famous comedian now. If you have, maybe we should all set our balcony (laughs) cleaning bills to you. You name that person. I want to hear. I'll name it afterwards. I don't, I don't want to call anybody out. Pat and Oswald. They they know exactly what apartment this person is in. Like, obviously they know exactly where they live, but they still put the note in the common area. Yeah, it's the one that doesn't have puke on it. That's how you would figure out. Which fly the drone up and be like, barf, 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 Tony's place. Um, oh, boy. So there's like five more hilarious quotes. I'll go on the last one. Your neighbors don't appreciate cleaning your vomit off our balconies, outdoor furniture. Why don't you uh, try vomiting inside instead of deciding to vomit over the edge? Too wordy. Just say stop puking off your balcony. That's all you need to say. According to the reports, these incidents have occurred many, many times in the period of eight months. Might want to see who moved in eight and a half months ago, guys. (laughs) God, this made me laugh so hard. I, um, I lived in... Kurt and I both lived in New York City for a long time. We always lived in Brooklyn. And one thing that you would do... When you were leaving Manhattan, uh, like when I was in these villages, you would stop in a bar before you got on the F train to go home to pee one more time before you rode the subway home. It was like extremely common thing to do. And so, Kurt, you'll probably remember this bar. There's a bar in the East Village called the Double Down Saloon. Do you remember mm-hmm. that name? Yeah. It was on Avenue A right near yeah. Houston. That was my go-to, Ivy. That was the place I would be like... It was one and a half blocks from the F train. I would walk and then I dip in there. You could. It was a graffiti dive bar, really dumpy place. Um, they actually had a sign that said "You puke, you clean" over like <laughs> over one of the booths. So perfect place to sneak in, take a left, take a left. You were in the bathroom. You pee. You catch the F train. Two times, I walked in and two people were having sex, like against the sink, just you know, bar flies. Couldn't couldn't stand to go home. Had to have sex there. That never deterred me. I kept going. <laughs> one time, I was going back, probably 3 a.m., had to catch that F train. I dip in. I sneak over. I go into pee, open the door. There are two women vomiting in the same toilet and a man peeing in the sink. And I say, <laughs> oh, sorry. And I go to close the door. And the guy goes, I don't know them. And so he was <laughs> apologizing. <laughs> he wanted me to know that he wasn't the one being weird. That <laughs> He's peeing in the sink. In a leather jacket, just an old rockabilly-looking dude. Yeah, I don't know them. And I was like, well, nobody in this room, including myself, is really doing great at life at this moment. But yeah, it's just two women on their knees just yakking it up, and one older guy that was like, this cannot wait, ladies. I'm not even going to hold your hair back. That alert was, we just had an alert in animals. The alert was saying that there was an endangered person missing and that we should ignore it, which is very funny. So so strange. Ignore the thing that we didn't know was going on. It just goes out to 11 million people saying ignore. Yeah, ignore. No problems here. 
I remember once uh, it was uh, there was it was a bar on Avenue A as well, and I went into the men's room, and it was a woman. Um, peeing into the urinal and it was like one of those urinals that was like just a small squat urinal and so she had her like dress hiked up and was just sitting inside a urinal peeing and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry and she's like come on in (laughs) (laughs) get in here boy the other ones are too crowded this is fine and so then I was like uh, uh," and I just like kept like hesitating and she's just like come on and so then I had to I was like peeing (laughs) next to her because there was no like separator or anything while she was like she like you know just essentially nude from the waist down like but into this uh, urinal. Women pee. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. I know how. I'm familiar with how women pee, Kurt. <laughs> You've seen it. You've Let seen me the documentary. how things work. <laughs> I mean, but I, I really appreciated her. She was. She was. She was bold. And inclusive. And, and, and inclusive. so friendly. Exactly. So friendly. Inventive. Like she was Italian. She's like, make yourself Inventive. at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in your. I'm in your house right now. <laughs> I'm a guest here. Please give me no minds. <laughs> Ivy, did you think that there has been a big takeaway from doing this podcast, from exploring the outdoors, exploring nature? Is there is there one thing you learned about yourself that you didn't know before? Mm, I hate learning things about myself. Um, so I, <laughs> the last thing I want to know is like what I'm made of. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I try to avoid introspection as as much as I can. But I, cool. I will say <laughs> that. Like there are a lot of things I already know, right? I know I hate the outdoors. Uh, mm-hmm. I I know I'm an indoor person. Um, I know that I I know my opinions on other things. I know that like outdoor clothes are ugly, and I found out there there really <laughs> are, is no though. good reason why. They there really no yeah. Reason. There's no reason why. It's not on purpose, but it's all you know. They just there's just no good reason. Um, I think that uh, a lot of outdoor people in my country here in the United States, I think, make me think that. Sometimes they look at someone like me and they think that I'm not resilient because I can't like pitch a tent and I don't like to be hot for too long, you know, mm-hmm. or what have you. And that, uh, but then maybe they don't know necessarily about like what my life in the city like has been as the oldest daughter of immigrants or like absolutely. What and and it and there's kind of this feeling that um, these skills don't transfer, but actually. The resilience over here is uh, totally transfers like to the outdoor space. And a lot of these outdoor people who see themselves as really resilient, like literally don't know how to cut their own mangoes. That's why they have to buy $15 <laughs> dehydrated mangoes in mm-hmm. plastic wrap at mm-hmm. REI. And I'm just like, why did I let these people who don't even know how to cut their own fruit and shell their own nuts, like <laughs> tell me what to think about myself ever, you know? Wonderfully said. I Beautifully like- said. I, I wish I I want to I'm on the Instagram. I'm going to make sure you listen right to the very end of this podcast because that was excellent. Thank you, Ivy. Very and true. Plug away. Tell us everywhere we can find you so that people can go and see your stand up and listen to your podcast and everything else. Oh, uh, well, I'm so my social media handle pretty much everywhere is at Ivy Lee with one E. But I spell that whole phrase out like Ivy. With one e. Yeah, like the phrase with one E all the way out because okay. I'm like, oh, that's like the one thing that's not going to change about me because uh, I, I I was in that AOL era, you know, where we were just living. Oh, yeah. with, I still have a, an email address. that's like beat rapper. You know, when I thought I was going to be a rapper when I grow up and I like needed that name, and, like cool. those haunt you. So I'm like, no, I'm grown cool. now. It's Ivy yeah. Lee with one E, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you know, even my my website uh, with my acting reel on it. Uh, but you can find Fogo Podcast also on Instagram. All our behind the scenes uh, photos are at Fo- uh, Fogo Podcast on Instagram. And of course, you can listen to it everywhere. But it does help me a little bit more if you listen to it on Spotify. Because, you know, technically it's a Spotify show and mm-hmm, I want them to see mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, people people like nature shows by indoor people. And maybe one day uh, you can see my stand-up. I usually post my shows on my Instagram. Um, I do a lot of – I have kids, so I can't travel as much. I do a lot of comedy festivals. Great. Right. right. That's that's usually that's usually how I how, how you can go about uh, seeing my stand up. Um, but my TikTok is mostly raging bisexual thirst traps. I don't know if that Good. is relevant <laughs> to the comedy audience here. 
you know they well we have uh, raging they, bisexual bananas trust me that's uh, yes. that's our key demographic really it, it sure is they it will really be in, it will be very interesting yeah. well, I'll see you enjoy the spike <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being on scotty thank you thank you curdy b thank you kay levine lisa maggot our real full human intern and all the wonderful people at exactly right <laughs> bananas 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 is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.